With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Today, Carl and Nick preview the Broncos' Week 7 matchup as the Denver Broncos travel to Hollywood to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. You are listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up! Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up. I am Carl Dumbler, and with me as always, I have Nick Kendall. Nick, is there is there really anything you want to talk about with this past Sunday before we move on to our game this week? I have brushed my teeth about 30 times, and I still can't get the bad taste out of my mouth. So <laughs> That's pretty much I, what needs to be said. <laughs> I've reverted to watching college tape because I'm already thinking, how can this team get better? But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I told somebody today earlier that I've already gone into that arm, armchair GM mode of just wanting to look towards next year. And and that's hard to say. I, I hate to ever say that, but this team, that, that was not pretty for sure. But moving ahead, let's let's kind of look at what we could, could look at for the Broncos this, this week. And I just want everybody to know out there, this show's focus is all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos. We'll be bringing you the game previews every single week to get you ready for the upcoming game and how to be watching the game, hopefully as a smarter fan. With Nick and myself being film junkies, we'll be bringing you these previews with a scout-based perspective, breaking down the matchups from a player's skill set and X's and O's perspective. You can follow myself on Twitter at Carl Dumbler, MHH, as well as follow Nick at Nick Kindle, MHH. And be sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have because we live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod. Make sure you check out ours and our co-writers' written content at MileHighHuddle.com, a part of Scout.com and an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. And we know you listeners are as football and Bronco crazy as we are. So please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. Now don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So please take the time to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. I also want you to know that uh, today's episode is brought to you by MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is all about the excitement of making accurate sports predictions on your favorite teams without having to risk any funds. It's totally recreational, and there are all kinds of prizes. Today's climate, the fantasy industries have made watching football a lot more interesting. So go to MyBookie.net and compete for great prizes totally free. Well, of course, we've come to the second matchup between the Broncos and the Chargers. For this season and and week one, just as, as a quick reminder, I know it wasn't too long ago and I think most Bronco fans remember, but Broncos won the game 24 to 21 
And, and it was a game where it was, it was a blowout early on. And unfortunately, a couple fourth quarter turnovers made the game get close to the point that the Chargers had a, a field goal to, to try to tie it up at the end. And I'm trying to remember who, who made the block. Um, I think it was Shelby Harris. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, he became a household name with that play. Because I remember it was Derek Wolf was talking about how he knew the the right guard for the Chargers would crash down on him and open up a nice little hole there for Shelby Harris to run through. So very good play, nice win for the Broncos to start the season. But now we find ourselves in this the second matchup with the Chargers. And is this a, a must win game for the Broncos? If they have any hopes of making the playoffs, this is absolutely a must win game. The road to the playoffs, the next four games are as tough as any team has in a four-game stretch in the entirety of the NFL. And after coming off a disheartening loss like they had last week, the team's still 3-2. and two. I mean, they're still in good position, but it's the optics of it. They should have won this week, and they got beat by, what, 13 points, 16 points? I, don't, I just want to block that game out. It was absolutely horrible. <laughs> I'm glad that I don't have to do the, uh, the review episodes like Chad and Will because I just would have been cussing out the whole time. But next, this game is, you have to win this game. You have to win against your divisional opponents. And if you lose this game and you go to three and three and your next three games are at Arrowhead, which the Chiefs have a mini bye week to prepare for that game Monday night because they play Thursday this week. So that one is going to be freaking hard. Then you have to go East Coast to play at Philadelphia, which might be the best team in the NFC. And then you come back home to a New England Patriots team that, I mean, let's be real. As long as they have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they should be a favorite in the AFC. So you have to win this game. Otherwise, you really run a risk of going on a five-game losing streak. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It, it is. is what it is. We're, we're, we're here to be honest with you guys, obviously. And I hate – you and I are – I've become more since I've gotten to know you. I used to be the, the big-time optimist, and you've kind of opened my eyes to a few more things. <laughs> and – and that, that's not a terrible thing. Sometimes being the, the over optimist just means that you are let down all the more when the team fails. And, and so just having a more realistic expectation and understanding of, of where the team is at. But you're right. This is, this is a game that the Broncos have to win. This is a, probably the easiest game that we have of the next four. And the Chargers, they're coming off two games, two game winning streak here. At home, although can you really call it a home game for the Chargers? Probably not. There might be more orange than than powder blue or whatever you want to call their color. But yeah, this is this is a defining game for the Broncos. I also think that the, the big part of this, at least in my opinion, is you lose this game, I think the locker room could become very divided. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to say there's another quarterback controversy brewing or anything, but what is it, third year? in a row where the defense is, has to play nearly perfect to win games and offense is sputtering. And, I mean, you bring in – improve the offensive line, bring in new play callers, still the same result. I mean, it's, it's getting frustrating as a fan. Yeah. I can't imagine the frustration in the locker room. Well, and there, there was already a comment by Chris Harris, and I don't have it right before me, but it was pretty much, well, we can only do so much on defense when the offense is doing nothing. When they're not putting up points, it – like you had said, kind of puts all the pressure on us to do everything. And so there's already signs of, of some division going on. And, and Chris Harris has always been one of those guys that, that speaks from his emotion. He always kind of speaks the truth. 
or at least what he considers the truth at that moment. And, and so I'm trying to, to remember that. I'm sure as he calmed down, he was a little bit better. But, but yeah, that, that's kind of my mindset is this is a, a defining game of the season. Either this is one where the team really comes together, pulls everything together, works their tails off the entire week, or they just really start to sputter. And we, we could see a, a huge crash for this team that went two weeks ago from being possible Super Bowl contenders that was a lot, what a lot of people are talking about. They were top 10 in a lot of the power rankings to looking like they have a top 10 pick. So again, this is this is a big game. And with this being a big game, we need to focus on some key matchups. And and some of these are pretty much the same ones we had for the first week, but they they remain the same because these are the the players to to really keep an eye on. And the first one, and maybe the biggest one for the entire game is the Bronco tackles versus Bosa and Ingram. And if you remember week one, Ingram just destroyed Watson. It, it was it was ugly. It wasn't Michael Schofield versus Khalil Mack ugly, but it was getting close to that. Yeah, and Watson honestly had been playing better recently. I mean, he's not an amazing pass blocker, but I felt like he was doing pretty well against JPP. And then as soon as Turner came in, we had a fair amount of struggles. So... I, I'm I'm definitely concerned, and with Trevor Simeon already having a shoulder injury, and now we're, we're going to be playing at right tackle. Barber, Donald Stevenson. I mean, it could it could be a lot of pressures today coming from the right side. People were complaining about Watson, but it can get much worse. <laughs> that that it can, and you and I have both been kind of waiting to hear news today of a, a possibility of the Broncos trading for somebody at that right tackle spot. There, there's been some rumors kind of floating around about that, that possibility. And then the Broncos made a couple roster moves today. Uh, Billy Turner going to, to the IR with a, was it his wrist that he broke? Yeah. Or his hand. One of the two. Yeah. And then he had surgery today. I heard it went really well, but he's pretty much done for the year. And then nose tackle Atiba Rubin, a guy that we brought in from Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we had heard that he was having a lot of trouble with the playbook, and and so he was cut. And, of course, part of that was because the the wide receiver position is so depleted right now with McKenzie injured, with Sanders injured. Both of them have already been ruled out for the game. And so there was some rumors that they had opened up two roster spots, one for a wide receiver, one for a possible offensive tackle. Now, as we are recording this this podcast, we don't know. So I, I'm not quite even sure who's going to play that right tackle spot if Watson's not able to go. I'd guess Barber, maybe. I hate to say Stevenson. I'm they re- guessing it's going to be Stevenson. Oh, I would gosh. guess. It's oh boy, <laughs> that could get ugly in a hurry. Like you said, it can get worse, and Stevenson is a lot worse. Oh. Speaking of that, I do want to touch. I mean, we, you and I, like we said, we like to be armchair GMs, and I. Got the terrible news today that Washington Huskies tackle Trey Adams tore his ACL and is going to be returning to the team next year. Good for good if you're a Husky fan, but bad if you're a fan that needs a tackle in the NFL draft. Connor Williams, it's been rumored recently that he's actually leaning towards returning to school. And I was looking at the top five offensive tackles that will be available in the offseason for a free agency. Can you guess the top five offensive tackles available in free agency, according to SportTrack? Well, you've given me the list a couple times. Oh man, it's it's it is so it's so bad. It's so bad. 
So, yeah, like I said, it it can get a lot worse Bronco fans than what we have right now in Watson. He's because you get this, this mindset of these guys are supposed to win every single time. And you hear of guys like Joe Thomas or Trent Williams or Tyron Smith who don't give up a sack the entire year. And then you hear of Watson who gives up like six or seven in the first like four games. And you're going, man, this guy is trash. But honestly, and you've said this many of times that he's probably about average for a right tackle, which is just, I think that's just more of a showing of how pathetic the offensive line play is, especially the offensive tackle play in the NFL. That's, that's the bigger part of this. It's not that Watson is just that, that terrible. It's just that the offensive line play is just that terrible. Yeah. Across the board, his, his pass blocking definitely leaves a lot to be desired, but fans always see when a guy messes up in pass protection because it's obvious, you know, that the, the sack happens or the guy gets pressured, but they don't see the offensive line working in a unit or a guy blowing off a defensive end, getting to the second level to a linebacker in the run game. They just see the result of the run game. So therefore, if a guy who's horrible in pass protection or even below average in pass protection, but is dominating on the ground game, they're still going to think he sucks. And that's just not, that's not always the case. Watson's been average to below average, but it's, Stevenson is just as bad of a pass blocker, but he gets absolutely zero push. He plays so soft. Like, he's softer than I want my toilet paper to be. That's, you know, like, that's, it's bad. So I'm, I'm worried about the ability to run the ball, and I'm worried about Simeon getting hit from that right side this week because, as we t- talked about the uh, last time we t- previewed the Chargers game, the Chargers edge rush, edge rush tandem is arguably the best in the NFL and they are playing awesome this year. That's for sure. Ingram right now, he is fourth in the NFL in total quarterback pressures with 28. He has 17 quarterback hits, three or 17 quarterback hurries, three quarterback hits and eight sacks. The only ones better right now are Chandler Jones, Clayus Campbell and DeMarcus Lawrence. So he is right there. I, I would say he's top two for defensive player of the year. Uh, top two or three. I mean, you got Hunter who's been playing or Griff, Griffin who's been playing awesome for the Vikings and you got DeMarcus Lawrence who's been killing it for the Cowboys, but he's, he's playing at an all time high and he's definitely going to be a problem for whoever lines up at right tackle and left tackle this week. Hey gang, Chad Jensen here. Due to some unforeseen issues, Nick had to finish this episode of the Scouts Eye Preview solo. Carl will be back next week, of course, to help break down the Kansas City Chiefs. Back to you, Nick. Carl had to step away, um, unfortunately for me, because, and unfortunately for you guys, because now you have to listen to me blabber along. But as we were talking about, Ingram is just having a phenomenal year so far. Uh, 28 quarterback pressures, that includes 17 hurries, three hits, and eight sacks. I mean, he is just, they paid him that big contract last year, and he has been just a monster. Um, so far in the season, only Chandler Jones of the Arizona Cardinals. Clayus Campbell of the Jacksonville Jags, who's been playing phenomenally, and Demarcus Lawrence have more pressures. And Ingram is going to cause a problem for whoever he lines up against this upcoming week, especially against the right side, because I just have very little confidence in Donald Stevenson, or even if Barber's on the side, he's, he's going to struggle. That's what happens when you have such a good player. I expect Mike McCoy will use a tight end and a running back often to protect Simeon on that right side, no matter who the right tackle is, but when you have two great edge rushers, you can't devote pressure or too much resources to block that one guy. Otherwise, the other guy's going to get open and make plays. 
So it's, it's a really bad situation to be in losing Watson. I mean, he's not the best tackle, but he's probably about league average. And that's just a, more of a testament of the terrible level of tackle play in the NFL. I teased Carl a little bit earlier, you know, the top five rated t- tackles that are going to be available in the offseason. It's bad if you need a tackle. The, number, the five are uh, Greg Robinson, who's playing for the Lions. He was the former number two overall pick, who was an absolute bust for the Rams. Uh, Nate Soldier, who is playing very poor this year, honestly. He's regressed tremendously, and he, there's been talks that he might even retire at the end of the year. Uh, Gio Camini from the Seahawks, I don't even think starting for them. Chris Clark, who's a swing tackle for the Texans and starts sometimes. And then the number five rated free agent offensive tackle next season, Donald Stevenson. Donald Stevenson's the number five rated offensive tackle next season. So it's just, it's a bad time in the the league to need offensive tackle talent. And with there's been so many great edge rushers, it just tackles are not getting coached up there. It's just not happening. So people hate on Watson, but it's, what can you even do? Like, right. Like there's just, the talent's not there. So you have to scheme around it. It's just like, there's not many Peyton Manning's or Tom Brady's peak years in the NFL anymore. It's just, that's not, that's not where the NFL is right now. And you just have to scheme around it. Good coaches will have to make the difference. Good coaching and good development. Yeah, but um, bringing it back to the edge rushers, Bosa's been killing it as well, especially in the last two games. He has three sacks and two forced fumbles um, going up against Donald Penn, who's had a down year, especially trying to fight fans. He uh, just been playing awesome the last few games. So Bosa's somebody that's going to give Bulls a hard time, which that's me clapping. Garrett Bowles has been phenomenal so far this year, and thank God for that because otherwise we'd be in even more trouble on the offensive side of the ball. So Garrett Bowles is going to have his hands full, and whoever plays right tackle is going to have their hands full for sure. Against the Giants week, the week before, Bowles, Bosa was able to get 10 total pressures and forced to fumble even though he was being double-teamed constantly. So I, the way Simeon is showing pocket awareness and almost like he's seeing ghosts in the pocket as soon as he feels pressure, um, he tends to drift 5, 10, 15 yards back, almost like he's playing Tech Mobile and uh, lowering his eyes. He just He's not playing confident right now, and that's partially the offensive line's fault. But, I mean, at the same time, you got to be confident. you got to step up. you got to make plays as the quarterback. I mean, this is going to be his 20th game as a starter. It's time to put up or shut up. I'm sorry. It's, I know he's young, but he's, what is he? he's only the sixth or seventh youngest starting quarterback in the NFL. There's plenty of guys who are younger that are playing very well. And he's just, he's simply not. There's guys with worse offensive lines who are playing well. So I'm, I'm sorry to pile on Simeon. I'm just very frustrated with I, the first two games. I felt like, yes, this could be the guy. Last three games, horrible. Not good. Offensive line has been average. But we have great running backs. We have good wide receivers. So his pocket awareness is going to be tested in this one because the Chargers edge rushers are just two of the best in the NFL right now. Um, but yeah. Back to Garrett Bowles, he's just playing better and better. Uh, as of now, he's the highest-graded rookie offensive tackle in the NFL. Um, has a grade of 82.5 overall and only given up two hurries and 64 pass-blocking opportunities. I mean, people thought this guy was going to be raw. He's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. And I'm just I'm about to get a Garrett Bowles jersey. That's how much I've been a fan of this kid. And offensive linemen do not get enough love. But here at the Auto Up Podcast, we make sure to give the trench players the love and praise they deserve. And Garrett Bowles has been great. He's uh, going to be have his hands full this week, though, and I'm excited. I think I'll probably do a film piece of this game because this is going to be – this is what they call a marquee matchup, and this is as tough as it gets for a rookie, and I'm, I'm excited to see him. He's been a great player, and he's definitely going to be a building block for the, 
the foreseeable future in Denver, which makes me really excited. Um, the next key matchup that we want to get into here, uh, I guess I want to get into here since Carl left, is uh, Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis versus Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has been playing better and better so far this season. He is a former first-round pick from the University of Wisconsin and didn't have his great a great first year, but last year he was really good before he got injured. And uh, this year he's struggled the first week because ground control took it to him, which, you know, yay, that's great. But the last few weeks he's been playing some great football. Um, against the Giants he had 20 carries for 105 yards, six receptions for 58 yards and two total touchdowns. And then last week, he has 25 carries for 83 yards in a rushing touchdown, nine receptions for 67 yards in a touchdown. So I'm thinking that Marshall and Davis, I mean, they had been playing pretty well up until this week against the Giants. And they've been doing well in run coverage, although I felt like they were a little bit late and slow to get Darkwa. I don't even, they weren't prepared for it, or I don't even know what happened. To be honest, it just, it did not work. Darkwa kicked it outside. I saw a guy who I've been praising a lot, Shaq Barrett, played far in terms of run support he did not set that edge very well i felt like most of the big runs were kicked out to that left side so but back to the linebackers they just did not have that good of a game last week and it's going to be tough for them the chargers offensive line is playing better and melvin gordon is one of the better young running backs in the nfl right now uh last week he had 12 targets in the past game and if there's anywhere that the broncos are vulnerable on defense it's when you get the linebackers in coverage for as good as todd davis has been as a run supporter and Brandon Marshall just overall, they, they, they are not getting it done in terms of pass coverage, especially man. There are even zone. They're a little bit slow to rotate over in the zone. I mean, we saw it with the Giants running backs and Evan Ingram, which if you guys were listening to us, we said Evan Ingram's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Turns out, I mean, absolutely true. <laughs> He's a weapon, probably one of the more fun weapons at the tight end position as a rookie. But Gordon is somebody that I think the Chargers are going to be scheming to get him involved in the pass game. Coach, head coach Anthony Lynn used LaShawn McCoy a lot in the past game at Buffalo. And Melvin Gordon's now entering that role. 12 targets last week, nine catches, 67 yards. I mean, that's, that's crazy. He's turning into a really good all-around running back. And I expect Phillip Rivers in the offense to move Gordon in motion a few times this week and uh, get him lined up against those, running, those linebackers for the Broncos. I'm hoping that we see more Will Parks in that regard, because I think Will Parks is probably our best dimebacker that he can play physical at the line of scrimmage between the tackles even, but he can also flex out and play well in man coverage against a running back. Um, so far this season, pro football focus has Gordon rated as the third best running back in football. So this guy is getting it done. He's a really talented running back and he's causing a lot of people to miss tackles too. Actually has a, an average of 3.6 yards after contact, which is Top five in the NFL, I believe. Gordon's playing great, and Broncos are going to have to bring it to stop him. I'm not as worried about the run game. I think last week was more of an aberration um, in terms of the ground control suffering. I still think Wolf, Gatsis, uh, Pecco, Vaughn, all those guys, the ground control is going to be back. I mean, I'm not expecting this to be a all-time defense in terms of stopping the run, which they were doing the first few weeks. Just set up to regress some. As a statistician, that there's no way they were going to keep that up. But they're going to be better than they were against the Giants. They have to be. Uh, but it's it's the pass game with those linebackers that really concerns me. And I know everybody wants Luke Keekley or uh, C.J. Mosley or anything like that. But those three-down linebackers are hard to find. So you're going to have to, you're going to, have to do it with scheme. And you're going to have to do it with pass rush pressure. 
And we'll, we didn't do those things very well last week against the Giants, and we'll need to see it this week against the Chargers because Gordon can win you a game by himself. Unfortunately, as a Hawkeye fan, I've seen that one too many times with him playing for Wisconsin and driving a stake into my heart as the Hawkeyes slip and slide as I can't tackle him. So Gordon's going to be a big one, and hopefully Todd Davis doesn't get stuck in man coverage against him this week again and gives up another touchdown. That was Todd Davis's probably worst play so far this season. And uh, if they are, if I was the Chargers, I would definitely be moving Gordon and getting him in position to get the ball in space because I think the Broncos are just, if they're weak anywhere, it's over the middle. Now, we still have a lot to get to, but first we want to once again say thank you to our sponsor, MyBookie.net. MyBookie is all about the fun and excitement of making accurate predictions on your favorite teams without having to risk any funds. Site members can make picks against real spreads, lines, and totals for major sports leagues and associations, as well as college sports, and compete for great prizes, courtesy of MyBookie. MyBookie.net is the greatest, most professional, and totally free 100% recreational sports prediction service that you can find on the internet. Instead of the typical head-to-head challenges and handicapping contests, mybookie.net goes beyond the basics and offers members a true betting platform that will make users feel like they were at a real betting site. Unlike most betting services, mybookie.net is a completely free site that will allow you to make daily predictions and bets and win real prizes at no cost. MyBookie is not a gambling or play-for-money site. It's a free sports wagering website built for millions of sports fans to provide them with a platform to participate in picking games, predicting scores, and competing for free prizes without risking any money. Contests and fantasy football, MyBookie brings a deeper enjoyment and excitement to watching our favorite teams by increasing the stakes. It is fun, and for no cost to you, you get to make predictions and qualify for prizes. Again, the service is absolutely free, and we want to say thank you once again to MyBookie for sponsoring the Huddle Up podcast. All right, well, looks like we're mainly focusing on the uh, the defense here in this section again and wanted to touch on the Broncos safeties versus the tight end duo that the San Diego Chargers bring to the table. One of the better tight end duos in the NFL in terms of uh, career accolades as well as young upside. Antonio Gates potentially is the best tight end to ever play football. Uh, I'm not ready to give it to Gronk yet myself. Gronk's probably the most dominating tight end ever, but how good Gates was for how long really does matter. I mean, he's just, he's done it for so long. He's not the same as he was anymore. I mean, it's not the same level of athlete, but he's still a really good tight end, especially blocking. He's, he's solid in there. And with those two tight end sets, especially with how the chargers are starting to run the football, it's, it's a lot of, well, I guess I don't want to call it fun to watch, but if I was designing an offense, I love the 21 personnel. I love having two tight ends in there. Cause I want you to be off balance. I want to get you in base package. And then I want to use the tight ends as mismatches and get those wide receivers freed up. Um, and that's what the tight, that's what the Chargers are doing. Week one, the Broncos really did a good job eliminating both Gates and Henry. But so far, after that, Henry's really started to pick it up. Henry's caught uh, five passes on seven targets this past week for 90 yards, um, but has been more up and down. Uh, and I expect the Chargers to get him more and more involved because the Chargers' offense is better when Hunter Henry is helping them move the football. And he's, he's a great tight end. Solid blocker. He's not a dominating blocker, and he's not a dominating athlete, but he runs routes very cleanly, and he just has glue on his mitts. I mean, they really should check him for stick because that dude for a tight end can make some acrobatic catches. Uh, Gates has not been as much a part of the offense, at least in terms of targets. Um, his, total, his top yardage performance is 30 yards, but he's only getting about three or five targets a game. So he's more of a, a blocking guy right now that if you don't pay attention to him, Philip Rivers will get him the ball. But uh, I would not stress too much 
over Gates. You can't sleep on him, but I would not stress too much over Gates. Still, both those guys are big red zone threats, and they Philip Rivers loves throwing to them in the red zone. They get a lot of targets in the red zone. And they're not the same type of player as Evan Ingram is. He's more of a flex tight end, as I like to call it, where he plays almost as many snaps in the slot position as he does in line as a tight end. But very dynamic weapons, and with a quarterback like Phillip Rivers, who is accurate and smart with the football, a true franchise quarterback, he can get them the football. And that's definitely something to watch. And the Broncos' safeties have been somewhat up and down. They graded pretty well last week. But I feel like it was more of a – they came down and made plays when they shouldn't have had to, if that makes sense. The, the front seven and the linebackers just did not get it done as much last week. So the safeties came down and made plays, and Simmons was not doing the best in – especially man coverage. He struggled in man coverage. He looked a little stiff. He has good agility, but he looked a little stiff in man coverage against Ingram. And Stewart's, Stewart's been a boss. Let's, let's not even get it twisted. Darian Stewart's a – a great safety and one of probably one of the more underappreciated players in the entire NFL. You know, you talk about the no fly zone, you think of Talib Harris, Roby, and they even, I mean, they even thought about TJ Ward before him before this, but Darian Stewart, I mean, he's, he's playing great football and he honestly might be playing the highest level of anybody in the secondary right now. That's not to say Talib and Harris are more valuable, which I mean, aren't more valuable, which they are, but Stewart really just brings everything together. I would like to see more Will Parks this week. Uh, Simmons, to me, I feel like he does his best football when he's playing that free safety role where he can be deep. Uh, that big interception that he had against the Raiders. I mean, that's he was playing single high cover. I believe it was either cover one or cover two in the back end. And he came across great instincts, good athleticism, great leaping ability, and made the play. When you bring him down close to the line of scrimmage and you're asking him to play more man or pair up with a tight end, he's just he's not that kind of player, at least not right now. He just... Looks a little bit uncomfortable there. Where Will Parks, I think, looks much more comfortable there. So, granted, this could come back to bite me in the foot if Will Parks gets torched this week by Hunter Henry or a running, or a running back. Uh, but I'd like to see a little bit more Will Parks uh, just because I feel like he fits that dimebacker mold better than uh, Justin Simmons does. And if even if you, know, you don't want to play Justin Simmons in the dimebacker role, maybe give Stewart a chance to come downhill a little bit more. He's definitely better with his angles to the football. He looks a little bit smoother in his uh, man, man coverage ability, and he's definitely more physical than Simmons is. So I'd like to see just those adjustments made, especially coming off that putrid performance against Evan Ingram. And finally, I just want to touch on Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers and the wide receivers in general. Philip Rivers is somebody who I personally used to hate as a Bronco fan, especially during those Philip Rivers versus Jay Cutler days. Now we look back, I mean, Jay Cutler, let's be honest, he's, he's, he's a pretty much just a loser. <laughs> smoking Jay Cutler. That's, I mean, that's, that's how I'm going to remember him. Not, not being a Bronco quarterback, smoking Jay Cutler. But Philip Rivers is a great quarterback. He's definitely on the tail end of his career, but he's, he's never really been the issue in San Diego. He did have a couple years where he threw some picks, and he did have some years where you know, he just didn't play up to that level that you want, especially the, being the guy that replaced Drew Brees. But I mean, overall, he's, he's having a good year. He is winning football games. At least they're two and three right, right now, but the Chargers could easily, or I guess they're two and four, but the Chargers could easily be four and two. I mean, we're a block kick and a fluky drive by the terrible, well, I guess not terrible, they have the six seed right now, but I don't buy them. The uh, Miami Dolphins beating them on a last second field goal as well. They're really close to being a team that 
could be in the playoff hunt. I mean, they could be four and two pretty darn easily right now. And Phil Rivers is definitely the guy that makes that team tick. Uh, they have, they definitely have added to the, uh, to the defense, but this team will go as far as Phillip Rivers goes. I mean, he is the Los Angeles Chargers as far as I'm concerned. Uh, overall, he's got some good weapons to work with as well. Keenan Allen is – Chris Harris said he's the best wide receiver the Broncos have played this year, and he's been having a very solid season. So far on the season, Keenan Allen has 33 receptions for 446 yards and just one touchdown, but he's been playing pretty well. Um, behind that, you know, you'd have Tyrell Williams, who's having a solid year, 20 receptions, 287 yards, and a touchdown. But the guy that I actually am pretty interested in watching is the rookie, Mike Williams, who has only one catch on the season for 15 yards. But last week was his first game as a Charger because he came in injured. Um, six foot four, uh, 215 pounds from Clemson. And just he's probably one of the better uh, – 50-50 ball, go up and get it wide receivers that I've seen. His ability to get contested footballs, make contested catches, is probably the best that there was in the last class. He wasn't the best route runner. He wasn't the fastest guy vertically. wasn't the strongest guy, but if you throw it up to him, it's almost Des Bryant-ish in a way where he can. he's coming down with that football, by God. And I am very interested to see if they, Broncos, um, have to go up against him. I'm, I'm not sure what a snap count will be, but he's definitely one I am interested in watching. And back to Philip Rivers. I mean, he's just he's having a solid year. Five interceptions so far in the season, but 10, 10 touchdowns. Uh, offensive line has been just not very good. He's getting pressured even more than pressured probably even more than Simeon. Uh, a lot of Simeon's pressures, the ones that are over two and a half to three seconds long, that's on the quarterback. And Rivers gets the ball up pretty quickly, but. 230 attempts, almost 2,000 yards already. And, I mean, I know we don't like Phillip Rivers as Bronco fans, but if that guy was a Bronco, you'd be a fan. That's, that's, that's the bold, honest truth of it. So hopefully the Broncos can make him frustrated and we'll see some more of those uh, angry reactions where we can taunt him as he runs to the sideline. But he's somebody that's played the Broncos tough almost every single year. He's one of the few who's won a decent amount of games in Denver. And... He's somebody that the Broncos are going to need to get to because he has weapons around him. Not a great offensive line, but he has weapons around him, and he gets the ball off pretty quick. So definitely one to watch. And now the X-Factors. Uh, since Carl had to leave us, I will read him. I will read you guys his X-Factor. His X-Factor was uh, Trevor Simeon. And boy, howdy, that that not work out for him. He was, I guess he was right to say that was the X-Factor, that make or break the game. Simeon probably had one of his worst games of his career, in my opinion. Uh, he had good statistical output, and people will blame the run game, but from what I saw and what the All-22 showed me was that Trevor Simeon was given ample opportunity to make plays with his arm. He, the, chart, or the Giants crowded the box and played single high safety a lot with just one-on-one coverage on the outside. And, any, and honestly, any average quarterback in the NFL that's worth their salt at least will take advantage of that so that a team can't do that. I mean, that's, that's literally five yards every single time if you can get the ball there accurately on time and diagnose it pre-snap and – Trevor struggled with that. He's really struggled with that. He struggled with that the last three games. So I'm expecting to see that continue. Um, my X factor was Will Parks because he's going up against Evan Ingram. And I did not even see Will Parks on the field, really. I feel like the Broncos didn't use Will Parks that much, which I think was a mistake because Evan Ingram torched him. But what can you do? I guess I'll have to talk with, uh, talk with the defense, talk with Joe Woods uh, about getting Parks on there more. I'm not even a big Parks fanboy. I just feel like if you're going to struggle against running backs and tight ends, 
you might as well put a guy out there that can neutralize that. I mean, if that's your weakness on defense, put a guy out there that can stop it. I, I don't know. Maybe that's crazy to me. Um, this week, Carl's X Factor is Todd Davis. Uh, he's been playing well until yesterday's game. Are you? Not yesterday, it was two days ago. Until the Giants game, and he struggles tremendously against Ingram. And he's going to have his hands full this week, as we touched on, uh, against Henry and Gordon and somewhat Gates as well. So Todd Davis needs to bring it this week. My X Factor is going to be Garrett Bowles. Um, he's playing great football right now, and with the, the instability of the other right tackle position, whether it be Barber or Stevenson playing over there, Bowles is going to have to just be a rock, and he's going to have to help with the run game because Watson was doing great in the run game, but now he's gone. So Bowles is going to have to do it, work for two guys, and going up against Bosa and Ingram and a team that I think the Broncos are going to really try to force the run game this week to protect Simeon and not get him in that situation, even if, even if they're a stack in the box. The offense is going to be freaking frustrating to watch this week because it's going to be a lot of two- and three-yard runs, I think. But it's going to be trying to keep the game close and protecting Simeon and just the offense in general, um, not turning the ball over. So I'm going to go with Garrett Bowles, and hopefully he has a good week against Bosa. And turning turning out to be one of the best first-round picks the OA, that always had, probably since Von Miller? I mean, it, it, Shane Ray has been good. Bradley Roby has been good. But has anybody been as solid as quickly and as important to the team's success as Garrett Bowles has been? Von Miller is the only one, I think. Definitely not Sly Williams. <laughs> and not Paxton Lynch. So – listen to us this offseason we were pounding the table for offensive line we said this offensive line class isn't that bad and cam robinson's playing good ryan ramchick's playing well dan dawkins is playing well and garrett bowles is leading the pack so i'm i'm over the moon i'm telling you that's that's gonna be my next jersey i am loving garrett bowles um game plan mode carl didn't fill this out because we like to do this live but i am going to do both sides because playing with uh both sides of the controller in madden right you know you pick a terrible run play for the other team and then call an all out run blitz. And eventually you're winning 250 to zero. Those are the best games. I did that a couple of times as a kid. I did not like losing. So I would cheat and play both sides, <laughs> but that's just to get the statistical output, especially when you're playing NCAA football and you want all the uh, stats for uh, road to glory, the, the Heisman chase. But as the Broncos this week on offense, I guess I kind of gave it away. I'm going to be using the run game more, even if it's against a stack box, I'm not letting Simeon throw the ball 50 times. That's just a recipe for disaster. I understand that if you had a quarterback that could make those plays outside the hash marks consistently, that you still call the pass. You call the pass plays because eventually the other team's going to have to respect it. But I don't think the other teams are going to respect it. Not with what I've seen from Simeon this year. And why would they? I mean, the results the last three weeks themselves. Run blitz. Don't let the run game beat you. Um, play single high safety, maybe even some cover two looks and wait for Simeon to throw it to the flat because he's throwing it off his back foot. He's throwing it a little bit late and that is money for an opposing defensive back. That's literally as easy as it gets for a pick six. You don't have anybody in front of you. You just literally cut in front of that flat route. Um, so I'm running the ball. I am calling running back screens, uh, letting the defenders be over aggressive and get through and then let my offensive lineman get ahead of them. Um, and, just really playing ball control here. Uh, I do, you can't have the turnovers that you've had in the losses so far this season. That's how you lose. Defense goes for the Broncos. I am going to game plan to stop Melvin Gordon. Uh, I'm going to, even when he's a wide receiver, I'm going to be hitting that guy. Every chance I get, you know, you're, you're supposed to hit the quarterback. I want to be hitting the running back. I want to get in his head. Maybe that's, maybe that's dirty. I don't really care. I am looking to make him question when a guy is coming over and I'm going to be hitting him often, I want him to be 
feeling it the next day. At the very least, he's going to have to ice up. Um, as far as the Chargers go, I mean, it's the, it's the same plan every week. I gave it to you for defense. Run blitz. Make Simeon beat you. Don't let the run game beat you. Simeon beats you because he hasn't shown that he can yet. He's not a type that can lead a team. And he's at least he's shown so far on tape. He's not a type that you're winning the games because Simeon's playing incredible. He can pilot a team, but I just uh, – is he, the, is he the guy who's leading the team for a comeback? I mean, we saw what happened as soon as the Broncos got behind. Not great. So that's what I'm doing. I'm making the Simeon beat me again. And if you give up some pass plays to Demarius Thomas and Benny Fowler because Emmanuel Sanders is going to be out, that's, it is what it is. But I think eventually you're going to make a mistake. And if you're playing from third and ten pretty consistently, I'm betting that the quarterback crumbles if I'm the Chargers. So that's what I do. As far as the Chargers offense, Moving Gordon in motion, getting him the ball, and uh, getting the ball to Henry or Hunter Henry as well. So, Broncos Broncos got a tough game. Broncos got a tough game ahead of them. Uh, overall, the the final segment that we like to do, besides the game prediction, is uh, what to watch for. Carl last week he picked the linebackers and uh, they they struggled, uh, especially in pass coverage. But they also were not as good in the run game. So linebackers, I'd say that was a good area to watch for. And for me, I picked turnovers because I thought the Giants offense was going to struggle somewhat and you could not give them uh, defensive points or kill yourself on drives with interceptions or fumbles. And by God, we lost the freaking turnover battle three to zero. Nothing is more frustrating. You cannot just, that's the most indicative thing to winning and losing football games is a turnover battle. So I, what do you, what do you even say? They, they lost both those areas to watch for and we lost the football game. So there you go. Um, this week, Carl said what to watch for is the QB position. Oh, Carl, you're going out on a limb there. Uh, Simeon has been feeling the pressure this week, and honestly, this might be the biggest game of his career. Failing, he could lose his opportunity to start for the Broncos going forward and potentially in the NFL. Have success, and he's once again man for the job. That's They call the NFL the not-for-long not for league. You know, NFL, not for long. And if Simeon lays the dud this week, the pressure is going to get hot. I mean, I know the backup's Brock Osweiler, but, I mean, Simeon – plays Vatican this week, he could lose the locker room. I mean, the fans are going to start to turn. I know he's younger, but there are younger QBs in worse situations that are playing better, period, period. That's what it is. And if he doesn't play better this week against a Chargers defense that's solid, at least to show improvements. I don't even care about the outcome of the game. He threw for 366 yards, make the right reads, move in the pocket better. Do those things that like we call them as the uh, scouting, the toolbox. you got to check those check those marks off the toolbox and he's just not doing it. So QB position is definitely a big one for me this week. It's got to be just in general, the, the right tackle position. Um, <laughs> I said, Garrett Bowles, my player to watch right tackle is the other key area to watch for because Ingram and Bosa are phenomenal. And the way Watson was playing, I mean, below average pass blocking. It's, I don't see it being better with Barber and uh, Stevenson. So that's definitely an area to watch for. And with how great Ingram is playing, I, I could see a couple big hits for saving. He already has that shoulder injury. And I, it's just, gosh, it's, I feel like it, this is a game where Simeon could finally have that uh, strip sack against him. He's been close a few times, but I feel like this is the game where he gets that strip sack, especially with Stevenson playing on that side, if, if it is Stevenson, even Barber, but especially Stevenson. Ugh. All right, well, before we get out of here, we want to say thank you to Audible, our sponsor. Uh, get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. 
over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. All right, well, Carl's not here to give his prediction, but I am going to give mine, and I am going to say that the Broncos, oh, man, I, I want to say that they lose this week 20 to 10. I think that the offense is stalling, and with the Manuel Sanders being out, uh, Isaiah McKenzie being out, who's a great uh, field flipper for the special teams, especially in that right tackle position, and the Chargers playing good football. I just don't, I don't see the Chargers, Chargers losing this week. I mean, gosh, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, but the line is, I think, one and a half to the Chargers, and so far it's heavy action towards the Chargers, which means the line's probably going to shift further towards the Chargers' favor. And uh, this is this is literally gut check time, as they call it. The Broncos lose this week, and the season's expectations change dramatically. It goes from a team that you think is potentially a Super Bowl winner to a team that you're watching uh, young players and thinking about what this team can be in the future as the young guys get better. And that's that sucks to say. But this thing, as we said before the year, my prediction for the team was 8-8. Eight and eight. And right now that looks to be about right. That looks to be about right. The offense is struggling. Um, you have quarterbacks struggling. You have the offensive line average, definitely above average. The thing is, they're above average run blocking. This with Watson in at least. Below average pass blocking. So it's not helping the quarterback there. Um, losing Sanders. And C.J. Anderson's looked a little slower this week. I think Jamal Charles is, even Booker has looked a little better. So I think that's going to be an issue. And I think that the Chargers have enough weapons on offense and Phillip Rivers leading the way uh, that I think the Chargers move the ball well enough consistently, especially with Gordon and Hunter Henry, two areas that the Broncos struggle with in the past game. That I think they move the ball effectively enough to get an early lead and then have the Broncos offense play into their hand. So I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to predict for Carl. <laughs> I'm Carl. I'm Carl now. That's what his voice sounds like, right? Carl predicts the score is going to be 23 to 17 Broncos. Simeon proves the doubters wrong, and the Broncos' run game opens back up, and the defense gets multiple turnovers off of Phillip Rivers and multiple sacks as well. See, Carl, I got to make sure that you guys have an uh, optimistic view of Carl. He's, he's the optimist here. I'm more of the dragging my heels in. I don't want to say I'm a pessimist, but I try to be a realist. And once fan bases get going, I mean, it's those orange sunglasses. Uh, not, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> But yeah, back back to football. <laughs> we we just covered up um, seven here, and the uh, Broncos find themselves in a good chance to be four and two or three and three. I mean, this is a huge pivotal game, but they can't let this game get away. This is honestly a season defining moment, gut check time as they call it, and the Broncos have to come away with a win. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dunmore MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH, as well as find our Denver Bronco articles on Mile High Huddle and affiliate of Scout.com and the CBS Sports Digital Network. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher. We also have audio up on YouTube that goes up as soon as the episode's released, and that's a good medium to reach out to Carl and I if you are not on the Twitterverse. You can follow the Mile High Huddle on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle, and follow the podcast as well, at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out because we love interacting with you Bronco fans. I mean, nothing's better than talking football, literally. I, my girlfriend's like, what are you doing on your phone? I'm like, I'm, I'm talking football. It's 24-7. It's, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Nick, what are you doing on your phone? Somebody asked me a question on Twitter. I'm talking football. It's, it's an obsession, but that's why we're here. So please reach out, and we love it. For Carl Dumbler, I'm Nick Kendall wrapping up another episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week. As always, go Broncos. Mile high huddle.